This is Seven Sport. Good morning and welcome to Butch for Breakfast live on Seven Sport. This Saturday morning, another wet one, it looks out there. But we're ticking on to the final stages of cup competitions, which is what we love to see. There's semi-final action today in the Gloucester Cup. There's quarter-final action in the Hellenic Cup. Um, but, yeah, keeping everyone entertained for the next couple of weeks. Good quality local football is what it's all about. There was good quality local football last night that we went and saw in the under-18s, which we'll chat about as the show goes on. We also have highlights of the game for you as Cinderford Town um, under-18s won the league. Um, my name's Ryan Butler, as ever, joined by Kelsey DeMaria in the flat. How are you, mate? Hello. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. All good. I'm a bit tired this morning, I think. Yeah. It was a late one last night, wasn't it, for me? Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, what time did we get back? What, quarter to ten? Back from Cinderford? By the time I'd edited everything together and stuff, it was about midnight nearly. Oh, unbelievable. You going to bed at midnight? Yeah. That's a good three hours later than what you'd normally go to bed. Well, if there's football on, it like it's probably about two hours, I'd say. Well, yeah, true. But yeah, late one, late trip to Cinderford, and it was a, a good night out and a good night for the under eighteen sides. Um, you know, as I said, obviously Cinderford in their title side against Dursley, and Turfley Rovers also won in the cup to reach the the cup final there as well. So good night for the local sides, and as I said on the commentary last night, absolute howler for Hereford Pegasus. <laughs> Hereford Pegasus, who. Yeah. Would have won the league if uh, Cinderford didn't win last night or didn't get a point last night. Um, and Hereford Pegasus, who were also beaten by Tuffley Rovers. So they lost the cup and they lost the league in the same night and obviously fought with them. Um, no, they're not. No, they're not. Don't care about Hereford Pegasus. Well, mate, young kids, man. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, lo- local side's doing well, mate. Up the local no, side. Yeah, of course. But obviously, you do feel for him. But anyway... I don't. <laughs> busy show this morning. We have, as I said, highlights of the game last night and an interview post-match with uh, Cinderford manager Steve Blaby. Um, we also had a chat with Hartbury University's manager, Dr Martin Longworth. He was back on the show. He came on the show at the start of the season to talk about his side's prospects as they um, were putting the team together. So we have a look back and a good chat with him about how the, the, the sort of season's gone and, and things they've learned over the, the last sort of eight, nine months to, to look for the future for Hartbury as they have a Hellenic League quarter final themselves today. Um, also, we have Niall Priday on the phone, Turfley Rovers forward, talking uh, about a bit of everything. Obviously, mental awareness, uh, mental health awareness week, sorry. And he's a, a, a man who preaches, obviously. You know, feeling good, and if you're not feeling good, to take a break. He took a break from football himself, so we'll have a chat with him and, and just sort of see how he is getting on. Um, as I said, Gloucester Cup semi-final fixtures today: the big derby at Longford Lane with um, Longlevens thirds versus Longlevens fourths, and also Ramblers are in action in the second semi-final against Kingsway. That is at Brockworth Mill Lane. A couple of Reg Davis Cups fixtures as well in the mix. So plenty of football in the public areas. Don't forget the Gloucester Plate as well, mate. The, uh, yes, the Gloucester Plate, the second sem- <coughs> the semi-finals of that as well. So Gloucester Rovers against Cash's Green. And, that one's uh, also being played at Longford Lane as well, I think. No, it's not. It's being played at Gleavon Way. It's the other one that's being played at, Long- at Long- yeah, Longford King- Lane as well. Kingsway Rovers Reserves against King Stanley Reserves. Both have so, two kickoffs, of course, you know, not allowed to actually attend those games. But if you happen to be passing and there's a game of football there, try and look the other way. 
Yeah, free officials on those games as well. So if you want to oh. hurl abuse at a linesman, go to the Rams game. officials. Go to the Rams well, game and you'll find Mark Coates. <coughs> tell, him, tell him Ryan sent you. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to get in contact with us throughout the broadcast, you can at 7Sport on Twitter. Uh, info at 7Sport.co.uk on the email. Um, Facebook.com forward slash 7Sport and info at 7Sport.co.uk and also on Instagram, 7 underscore sport. So hmm. that's how you get in t- contact with us. Also, as we uh, tick towards the end of the season, we will have a little bit about the end of season awards that will happen in the next couple of weeks and how um, nominations will open at the end of this show. We'll, we'll Actually, we'll go for it now. Yeah, so the nominations will open at the end of this show. A post will go up on the website um, where you can nominate uh, your um, local hero of the year you can nominate your best social media account um, and all three of our Gloucester Northern Senior League um, awards. You can nominate for player, team and manager of the season there. Kelsey, have you got any nominations in mind? You think of people you nominate? Keeping them up there, mate. Don't want to influence other people before the uh, the, the post goes live, you know. Keep this, them, this, this, keep them this in my mind. This claim of uh, if anyone does submit a nomination form that says best social media account at KJ DeMaria... W- be, be ignored. Be ignored. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Not I don't, having it. I don't think anyone would, mate. To be fair, I don't think anyone would uh, would do that anyway. So I think we're fi- I think we're fine. Hope it's my fine. Instagram account, mate. Yeah, your Instagram. My account. late Instagram account. Why not? <laughs> just pictures of we, me, just pictures of games. We we, we can't be nominated for the awards. So if you're thinking well, of nominating, well, we can one, be one of nominated. Us. Whether we'd make the final shortlist is a different. Oh, yeah, that's what that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Uh, but. No. But let us, honestly, just let us know. Anyone that you want to nominate for it, there's basically a post going to go on the website with a form. You just fill the form out. It comes through to my email. Um, not sure why it is that way, but it comes through to my email. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll sit down, me and Kelsey. We'll work out whose reasons are best. Because all you have to do, as it says on the post, is put who you're, who you're nominating for which award and a little sentence in about why you've nominated them. Yeah, that's it. If you don't put a reason... You're getting thrown out. Well, if you don't put a reason, how are we supposed to know? Exactly. You know, we won't we won't look very favourably on that uh, nomination if there's no reason behind no it. Teachers, you've got to show your workings. <laughs> you can't just give me the answer. I want to see how you've got to that conclusion. Yeah, exactly. But it's exciting because I think uh, the social media account uh, award Chalford will be sniffing around again. I reckon. Uh, of course they will. Looking to regain their crown. They've been nominated. Well, the two years we've done the end of the season awards, they've been nominated both times. <sighs> It's going to be a big one, mate. It's going to be a big one. But a lot of social media accounts have stepped up their game over the last yeah, that's year true. or so, haven't yeah, they? That is true, We've obviously mate. locked down in place. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't just have to be uh, teams either. You know, it can be individuals. No, individuals. Of course, Joe Cole got uh, yeah. got nominated for the award last year. Brian Rossiter as yeah. well for his Flickr account, for his photos. So anything, really, anything for the social media award account. Yeah. could be any platform yeah. that anyone it has. It doesn't necessarily have to be like an could account be YouTube. that's... YouTube, could be anything. That's full of like, like bants and all that, you know. Just... Good content, really. Yeah. Any sort of account that puts out good content and whatever, if you think it's great, give them a nomination. Let's do it. Let's go through each uh, each of the five award categories. Then. So that's the Social Media Award. That's kind of thing what we're looking for. Um, the John Ashplan um, Local Hero Award um, is usually the one that, that gains a lot of interest, as you'd expect, because everybody um, who volunteers their time and efforts for local football is always going to be a plus point in our book. Previous and winners going to be up there. include Barry Gay at uh, Slimbridge and Patrick Cleal at Bishop's Cleve. Won it a couple of years ago. 
And I can't remember who won it last year. Who won it last year? I can't remember who won it last year. Off the top of my head. Well, that's bad, isn't it? That we can't remember who won it last year. Oh, dear. We'll have to... We'll have to search that out, We'll mate. have to, we'll have to search it. Basically, that, that award, we, we've always said that, you know, the nominations, when, when we're looking for, for nominations coming in to, to catch our eye and stuff like that, we just want to know individuals, not even individuals, in fact, anyone, individual, team, business, um, you know, secretary, they don't have to be a player, they don't have to be a, anything, they could just be a fan, for example, um, and, you know, that's I'm pretty sure it was James for. Campbell that won it last year, actually, for his um, yes. his garden marathon, which, annoyingly, James Campbell's now deleted his Twitter account, so, I don't know, I don't know why that's annoying, but I just, there you go. <laughs> So obviously, other than those two, we've also got the the Northern Senior Awards, which was implemented last year for the first time in honour of the the Northern Senior League, because you know we like to um, you know, publicise that league. It's a lot of local sides in and around the county on that. Um, so yeah, we always like to give back to, to that league. It's a, a league we do enjoy covering and, and have good rapport with every every side that we, that we speak to in that um, league. Really, all thirty two teams. So it, they have their own separate. Player of the Year, um, Manager of the Year, and Team of the Year. I believe la- this is a test of our, own, our like knowledge of our own awards. Last year, Sam Wines won the Player of the Year. I imagine he potentially could be in line for it again. The way Lydney Town have gone about the Reg Davis Cup. Um, Chalford were up for Club Team of the Year, but I think it may have gone to English Bickner in the end. No, I think Chalford won it last year. It's I'm, bad. I'm, I'm, mad that we, mad sure I remember that. Yeah, well, you know, it's I'm a long time. Mad, so I haven't written it down t- anywhere. It was a long time. The reason we probably don't remember it is because we didn't do a show for it. It was just on the website. No. And it's because of COVID, we weren't allowed to. Well, it's going to be kind of similar again, really. It's going to be the Bank Holiday Weekend um, announcing uh, the winners over the course of that weekend. We'll be announcing the nominees throughout the week. For we're we not going to do a live show about it. We normally nah. do. Why not? Uh, uh, Why not? You can do. Well, why would we not do a show? The only reason we didn't do a show last year is because of COVID. And it was a bank holiday weekend, so yeah, that's right. Well, well, there we go. So we're, gonna, we're doing a show. I, we're doing a show for it. I'm being, I'm being completely honest. Saying, I'm thinking of the website hits that we got last year, and I want to replicate that. No, that's fine. We'll just do a separate post for each one. Happy days, sorted. Lovely, uh, lovely meeting during the show for that. So look out for, basically the nominees will be starting to be released um, the final week of May heading into that bank holiday weekend um, so look out for that and, and obviously the nominations when they open at half nine today they will be running until the Friday before the bank holiday which I think is the 28th of May 9am they shut so anything published to us after that time will not be counting I've made Lovely. myself clear Kels well there you go Friday 28th Anything, 902, past <laughs> deadline, mate, not happening, see you later. <laughs> you can't nominate Kelsey for that award, sorry. <laughs> yeah, great. So how was your week anyway, mate? It's taken us a, a little while in the show this week to, to go through it. Well, how was your week? It was all right, you know, started a bit slow. A um, couple, of, couple of early finishes, though, on Thursday and Friday. So, can't complain. I got to see some Friday football as well, which is lovely. Good, good. And, you know, the big game today that we're going to, featured game is Stonehouse Town versus Tuffley Rovers. We have McCauley Herbert joining us in on the commentary for that, so you can listen to that later on today. 
Um, as I said, there's a, a few um, Hellenic League quarterfinals today to keep an eye out on. Um, Bishop's Cleaver away at Malvern in the Challenge Cup. Cleave now the final team from Gloucestershire in that cup competition. In the Supplementary Cup, we obviously are guaranteed a semi-finalist with Stonehouse versus um, Tuffley. Don't know why I was just got my head there. And also Long Levens are away to Malmesbury, Victoria. Um, so a couple of chances for for our sides to, to potentially get a couple in the semi-finals there, which would be big. It'd be big. But the fact we're guaranteed one in that cup competition is going to be huge. And obviously, of course, we hope that then they get through to the final because we are going to miss the semi-final because we're going to be at the Gloucester Cup next week. Yeah, we are. Final yeah, day at the Gloucester Cup at Meadow Park. Guaranteed to have a long 11 side in there in the final. Guaranteed to have two games of football covered right here on 7th Sport, which is going to be a good occasion. Going to be a good occasion completely. But let's go back then. 24 hours ago, um, we were waking up Kelsey, knowing that after work, we were going to be heading to the causeway for Sinifer Town under-18s versus Dursley Town under-18s in the uh, title decider of the Cheltenham Youth Floodlit League. We've got the highlights coming up in just a moment. But, Kelsey, what did you make of the whole game? Oh, yeah, it was a good, decent game, actually. I thought, obviously, Sinifer rallied in the sec- second half after poor first-half performance. And 2-0 down. Also, at this stage, I'd like to issue a public apology to uh, to Ben Dolbert for uh, getting his name wrong. The uh, handwriting on the team sheet, absolutely horrific. Um, made it look like his name was, was Ben DeLolak. Um, you just calling out James Thompson right there. Well, you know, I, I, I don't want to call people out, but, you know, from from where I'm looking at it, Ryan also, you know, did agree if but, you uh, didn't know that his name was Dolbear, you wouldn't yeah. have seen it written yeah. as Dolbear. Yeah. I mean, the B looked like an O, and then the the E looked, looked like an L, and then the R, I mean, at the end, that that was just that just looked like a C. So, yeah, we uh, we, we thought his name was Ben DeLolak, so on the commentary, that's what we called him when he scored two goals. So I feel feel a bit bad now, really, for, for that. So, so you should, mate. So apolo- apologies, really, to him, but uh, blame the team sheet, blame the handwriting. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, it was a good game. Uh, you know, as I said, uh, Sinifer went 2-0 down in half-time. Probably one of the worst halves of football that, that they would have played all season. As um, Steve Blaby said, played the occasion, not the game, not the not the opposition. And uh, they just looked nervous. Didn't look like they they had anything about them, to be honest. Um, Dursley were very good value for, for their lead in the break. Mm. And then about what? 65 minutes gone, 70 minutes roughly. Um, Harry Clark slotted away a penalty, which was a clear penalty. Um, you know, I think, was it Clark that won the penalty as well? I think it was, wasn't it? No, it was, um, it was um, Marsh Hopkins who won it. Oh, was it? Turning oh, okay. from the left. Oh, right, okay. Well, they, well, yeah, well, whatever, you know, they won won the penalty and Harry Clark slotted away, sent Sam Yap the... Uh, in the wrong direction. Oh, James Thompson's not happy, mate. He says, thanks, lads. He was laughing, please. <laughs> we'll start a tweet, though. I'm going to interrupt because we had a tweet from your dad. Oh, I've seen this. 
Um, he said that he's reminded you this week about Seven Sports sponsor a goal payment due to the Supporters Trust. But he tried to blag the null and void nonsense to me. That's null and void. None of those goals actually existed. So prove it to me. Prove, don't, prove, don't the, them, prove the don't stats that these goals happened. Don't owe them any money at all. Lost, he scored no goals, mate. They finished <laughs> the table. Yeah. What happened? Um, but coming back to last night's game, of course. Yeah, and then it was just it was just one of those games where it looked like if Sinderford, as as we sort of said in the way in in, in the, on the way back in the car, that if Sinderford hadn't have scored that penalty, you, just, you don't feel like they would have actually gone on to to get anything from that game. They looked a little bit a little bit flat um, to be honest. But then the penalty obviously g'd them up a little bit, and from there, it only really looked like one side was going to go on and, and and claim the claim the win. So I do think that. You know that comment that it showed good character. Yeah, the comment of you know I don't think Sinderford would have scored. I think it's credit to to Dursley because yeah, how well they defended throughout that that game last night. You know, without that penalty, they, their confidence was pretty high. They, they you could sort of see after the penalty went in that they kind of thought, oh Christ, we better you know just drop back in a little bit as, as teams do do when they are two 0 up and then that first goal happens and that's why it is. Uh, the most dangerous scoreline in football, you know, as the the Ken Blackburn cliche is, you let that one goal in, and instinctively you think, "Christ, we need to sit on this, we need to defend it, make sure we don't get caught again." Um, but ultimately, the thing that the Dursley would be not disappointed with, but you look at the first two goals, for example, you know, they're from set pieces, penalty, and then one's a free kick where, you know, maybe if you. Yeah, disciplined a little bit better you don't it get just those went fouls away, away through, and yeah and then the free kick the, yeah. the delivery it wasn't even the, the greatest delivery of it it just sort of rolled all the way through and you know, well, Taylor Blaby the was just goal, uh, the second goal on, on a different night Blaby slides in but he slides it wide at the post It just managed to trickle into that corner leaving the keeper absolutely no chance to get there and yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be a tough one to take if you were you know, from from Dursley, but in equal measure, it was a good game of football and a good advert for for local football, which is what we love to see. Mm, um, but what we've got coming up now, we've got a highlights package of the goals and uh, the match from last night, and an interview that we did post match with Cinderford Town under 18s manager Steve Blaby. So this is the highlights from the game last night. This is Seven Sports. Big game this tonight, Ryan. As we've uh, we've said, I mean, what, what do you think that the mood is like in the Sinford camp this evening? I mean, you know, going into a game, you know, there's young players out there. It's probably a, well the biggest game of their season. You know, what do you think they uh, they would have had said to them just before the game? To remain calm. We we've seen under 18s teams, Tuffley, Long Levens, Bishop's Cleave. Gloucester City, Slimbridge, a lot of them. We've seen them over the years. Get a bit excited on a big occasion and then get disappointed. You know, you've got to stay calm and play the game like it's the first game of the season. It started slow and now Small can get to the byline. Crosses in towards the map post and it's hooked clear by Meredith. And a free kick given late for a tug as Meredith went to clear that. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, it's just stay calm. You know, they've started... Shaky. Yeah. You know, there's a level of anxiety out there which you can sort of tell as a tackle comes in from Beeston. Now he's one on one with Crab. It's Beeston in the penalty area to the six yard but pulls it back and it's cleared only as far as a strike on the edge of the box and it's in. And a nightmare start for Cinderford. Dursley take the early lead after what can only have played six or seven minutes here. It was sloppy from Cinderford from the free kick. Crab tried to go quickly 
And uh, it was, I think it was played out to Coleman on this near side, I believe. And he was tackled by Beeston, who, to be fair to him, had done really well to, to pressure the young left-back. And he's just cut it back. And Cinderford, early doors, are 1-0 down. As a handball there, looked like, from Marshall Hopkins. The ball cleared for Delolak now. Can they spring the offside trap? They can. Delolak, one-on-one, puts it past Crab, And it's into the back of the net. And Dursley have taken a two-goal lead. And it's Ben Delolak who's got his second of the game. No real concentration at the back from Cinderford. They were undone by a quick ball from the free kick. It just played over the, uh, over the top of the Cinderford back line. No one was really alive to the danger. Delolak was the only shirt around the ball within five or six yards. He's taken it in his stride really well, taken one, one touch, and he's put it past Crab into the back of the net. 2 0. Well, Mitch Corbett's played an absolute worldie of a ball there. Just left footed, outside of the boot, on the half volley, diagonal. And uh, yeah, when you're in that position, you, to take that like Delolak has, clinical. Brain goes down the line again, looking for Hopkins, but I'll tell you what, Finn Booth. Done well since he's come on up against Marshall Hopkins. But he's got defending to do now, though. Here's Marshall Hopkins into penalty area. He's blocked off. And here's a penalty. Referee had a long look at it. Referee did have a long look at that one. Hopkins skipped inside. I think he was taken down by Payne, I think it was. Big, big massive ball. opportunity. And there's only well one man who went to grab the ball straight away was Mitchell. Uh, sorry, Marshall Hopkins, but he's given it to Harry Clark. I think that the referee's got it right. I think the fact he's given himself time has helped him. It's one of those where if it was a, if it's outside the box, it's fouled all day. So I, I can kind of see why Graham McNaughty's given that. And you know, we said earlier on that, that Clark was one of the ones that looked most positive on the ball. It'd be very positive if this goes in the back of the net. Huge moment, huge huge moment on the in this game. Is Clark. Puts it into the back of the net. Sends Sam Yap the wrong way. Grabs the ball straight away. And Harry Clark has given Cinderford a lifeline in this game. Slots it left-footed to the goalkeeper's right. Cinderford Town 1, Dursley 2. Sam Yap, no chance. He's you know, had a great game so far, Yap. And Clark's just sent him the wrong way. Confident penalty. You know, Harry Clark's been very impressive for me, Kelsey. I don't know about yourself, but I've been very, very pleased with what I've seen from Harry Clark. He's you know, led that midfield very, very well. Said how positive he's been on the ball. That, he's just grabbed his team back into it. And if they were to go on to get something out of this and go on to win the league, I'd say it's his performance at the moment is the difference so far. Brain has stood over this. He looks really interested. He drives it low. It might fall all the way through to Blaby. And it's in the back of the net. Blaby is equalised. It was a low free kick from Daniel Brain. It evaded absolutely everyone. And Taylor Blaby was there from about 12 yards. He was the only man to reacted to that loose ball. And he's just slid in. And it almost sort of toe-poked it as he slid in for the ball. And he's put it into the back of the net. And that very well could be the goal that wins Cinderford this division. It's a Desmond, it's 2-2. I can't believe that. We were saying the ball's got to go in the box, and part of me, when Brain stepped up to it, I thought, that doesn't look a very good one, it looks like a P-roller. But Blaney's just slid in, trying to get something to it, and being completely honest, he's probably put it in the one location where Yap wasn't going to be able to save it, right in that bottom corner. Yap stranded. And Cinderford, you know, <laughs> they're seven minutes away. Taylor Blaby now down the right-hand side, looking to... 
Just maybe kill a few seconds in this game. Brain is in the corner. They're not going to keep it in there for two and a half minutes, I don't feel. As it might actually now fall for Harry Clark in the penalty area. Clark to the byline. Cuts back. Puts it in there. Blaby's in there still. Still Taylor Blaby. Now back with Clark. Clark to the back post and it's Brain! And that's the winning goal. Surely now Cinderford are going to win the league. Daniel Brain from the pullback by Blaby. Blaine, the goal scorer. Blaby turned the assister. Sinford Town, 3-2. And surely the league is in their hands now. Two hands on the cup for Sinford Town, 3-2. Well, we said at half-time, didn't we, that Sinford have been in this position before. 2-0 down, 3-0 down throughout the season. And they don't give up. And they haven't given up tonight. And they've got their just rewards right at the end. And I've got to say, the part played by Harry Clark in that that goal there and that move there sensational the kids been absolutely fantastic tonight and you know brain just to have the composure to drill it low what a moment They're still playing referee has another look at his watch whistle to his lips and there is the full-time whistle jubilation for Cinderford Town here at the Causeway this evening they have won the league a perfect eight out of eight wins having trailed by two goals to nil at half time, are we going to uh, are we going to sign off on the broadcast? Get your camera ready, mate, and we'll sign off. We'll we signed it. off after seeing Cinderford Town claim the perfect eight to seal the deal and claim the Cheltenham Youth Floodlit League deserved in the end. Two 0 down on the night, coming back to win by three goals to two, and the champions of the Cheltenham Youth Floodlit League are going to be Cinderford Town under 18s. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit sevensport.co.uk. And we're here with Steve Blaby after seeing Cinderford Town under 18s win the Cheltenham Youth Flutter League. How's that sound? Sounds good. It wasn't pretty out there, but um, yeah, we got the job done in the end. So yeah, well chuffed for, for the way the season's gone, the, the effort that they put in over the season and um, to, to finish it like that, as we've done two or three times, as you guys know, across the season, it was a bit mad. But um, Dursley, to be Fair were outstanding. They they wanted it more than us in the first half for sure, um, and they made us work hard for it in the in the second. Uh, but in the end, three good finishes um, gave us the results. So yeah, well chuffed with that because this is what the boys have deserved across the season. You know, you, you went one 0 down pretty early on, and it was quite obvious to, to everyone who was watching that you know, boys just took a little bit longer to, to settle than probably you would have liked. You know, how important was it that they kept their heads and you know stayed in it even at two 0 down? Yeah, I mean, they played the occasion rather than you know um, rather than just getting down and playing the football that they can that we know they can play and have seen all season. Um, but yeah, they, they've they've shown as I've said three or four times now uh, the ability to come back to, to keep playing the football to keep trying and 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 go in until the last seconds and and they've done it again tonight. Um, didn't see it coming. Not tonight. Um, I've seen it in the other games where we've we've persevered and we've actually. If you take the Bishop Cleave game, I felt we were the better side um, for, for most of the game. Tonight, I didn't feel we were the better side, and we 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 came back into it. And as soon as we got one, I felt as though we were going to get another. Um, but then we were probably holding on when we broke and got the third. So, 
you know it's it's a funny game isn't it <laughs> You had to make sort of changes as the, the night wore on. You know, Finn Jones ended up playing the centre half at the end, and you know it was a real team spirit of just togetherness in the end. And in the second half, it was particularly um, impressive to see. You know, as a manager, how impressed are you looking at that? And obviously, you know the players better than everybody. They've probably shown that to you all season, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they have absolutely. And, and there's there's seven or eight players who played in three, four, five positions for us all season long. Um, and there's players who, who've not got anywhere near the minutes they would like. Um, but everybody has put a shift in at some point during the season, if, if not tonight, you know, a, a massive shift. Um, but yeah, we've, we, as you said, we've done it, done it before. Um, we've shown that resilience and that ability to fight back and, and immensely proud of the boys for, for what they've done in the second half. Um, the side is still predominantly under-17 side as well. Uh, there's probably five or six under-18 lads, the rest are all under-17, so that's even better instead for, for next season. And obviously, you know, it's such a high tonight, but you've obviously got a cup game coming up next week. How important is it to keep the boys' heads focused on that and the feet on the ground a little bit? Well, we said afterwards, we hope that's, that's the bad game out of the way because um, first half we were dreadful. Um, and like I said, we played the occasion and if they go out and do that in the cup final, it's going to be another level again. So um, we, we've, just, we've just got to keep playing and believing that we can play like we do in the second half. We've got to do it for 90 on the cup final because it's, it's, the level's going to be another, another step again, isn't it? Congratulations, Stephen. Good luck in the cup. And there we go. Cinder for town under 18 to becoming the fourth side that we've seen win their respective league competitions. And then a chat with Steve Blaby after the game. You know, Cinder for town players, a couple of them would have been waking up this morning. Well, they're all going to wake up being overjoyed, a couple of them. Maybe feel a bit achy with the performance they put in last night. Good shift from a, from a lot of the players there. So, congratulations to to the young foresters and Cinder for Town under eighteen. So, how's your heads this morning, boys? That's sort of ask. A couple of them on 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 the beers. A couple of the uh, the eighteen year olds in in the squad on the beers on the pitch after the game. Which you know, fair play to them. Can't blame them. No, yeah. I mean, you win a league like that. You got a cup game um, in in the week. It's a big big occasion for Cinder and they could potentially be. Double winners, but as a sort of caveat to that, we also have uh, Tufty Rovers in a under 18s final as well to look forward to. So the under 18 scene <laughs> in uh, and around Gloucestershire thriving as always, which but is what we'll, we love to see. I will say I've never seen anyone so sort of hyped up as uh, as Jack Knight was last night after the final whistle. Every every sort of 30 seconds, just shouting at the top of the lines, "Come on, get in there!" <laughs> and uh, it's great, great, great to see. Really, you know, a young lad who's got that sort of love and fire for the passion for the game and all that. So, um, fair play to him, and hope he enjoyed his night as well. I hope they all enjoyed their night. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a good couple of weeks for them if they can get it done in the cup as well. You know, be a a good good achievement to look back. You know, there may potentially be some criticism or, or criticism as, as such, but. You know, some people may turn around and say, oh, well, it was only an eight-game season, you only played teams once, whatever you, but they won eight out of eight. You know, yeah, exactly. You can't. Record like that. You know, sometimes you just got to say they deserve it at the end of the day. And, you can't yeah, argue with they, it, can you? They've claimed the league title and, and, and they'll be the team to catch next year, which is, as we said on, on commentary last night, an exciting prospect because we've got you know, so many under-18 sides in and around the county in that division. Stonehouse Town are obviously going to be in it as well. Um, and, yeah, exciting times ahead for the under-18s. Um, moving on to something more national, um, we spoke a little bit last week about how the Euros is getting closer. 
Um, we're a week nearer, Kels. We're a week nearer to um, you know Gareth Southgate naming his squad for the Europe, European Championships. Have there been any players in the last week or so that you thought, do you know what? They could obviously have a sniff here at a 26-man squad. No, quite frankly. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I don't know. Um, I feel like Southgate has probably got his his squad sort of in mind. Um, I think it's going to take some good good performances for uh, for him to sort of reconsider who he's going to be taking. I mean, obviously now with the addition of it being 26 players, might just open the door for someone like a Jack Grealish to to be involved in the squad after being laid off with an injury for for a while. Maybe just take him and uh, sort of see if he's ready to go and see if he can be like an impact player and grow into the tournament and then whatever. Um, but no, I don't think there's any sort of surprises that we'll see this year. I think, I think not to say that the squad will sort of pick itself, um, but you you can get a pretty good idea as to who is going to be in that squad, really. I don't think, I don't think you're likely to see someone coming out of, you know, real left field being involved in the, in the team. To be honest, I think it's fairly sort of. Um, that's what I'm looking for here. I think it's almost almost decided. It's straightforward, isn't it? it yeah, it's going to be a straightforward squad. It's not like most years with um, with England that there's always some players who you think, oh well, you know, they should be in the squad, and then other people will say, oh no, no, they shouldn't. But I think most people are in, in agreement as to what the what what the the best twenty six to go would yeah. be. In my opinion. It would be interesting because I think for me that, you know, we're at a point now where he's got three bonus places, but does he pick players that are potentially unfit at the early stages and going to be fitter for the latter stages? Or well, that, that, yeah, them? exactly. That's why you could see like a Grealish go. Well, cause... you look at it based on, on current, you'd say that the three players that he would end up taking that are walking wounded or potentially injured is Harry Maguire, um, Jack Grealish, who's, who's obviously just made his comeback this week. Um, and Jordan Henderson, they're the three that you know are injury concerns for England, but are probably be, major players in that squad. Yeah, I'd I'd be very I, to be honest, mate. I'd be very worried for for England's chances to to go on and as tournament favourites to uh, go and win the Euros if uh, if Harry Maguire isn't in that squad and uh, at least you know starting in the latter stages of the tournament if they get past the group stages, which everyone expects them to, and realistically they should do. Um, I'd be pretty worried if Harry Maguire is not in that team. The big, uh, the big debate that we were talking about before we came on the air was the the Raheem Sterling. Is he a nailed-on starter now for England? Because his form of late hasn't been good. And you look at Jaden Sancho, you know, doing well in a cup final and you know ending the season strongly with Dortmund. Phil Foden, everyone knows how good he's been at the moment. Even for example, you know, if Mason Greenwood was called up, Marcus Rashford, those sort of players, they're capable of. Starting ahead of Sterling, and, and you know, where do you lie on that? Do you think Sterling is still a, a guaranteed England starter? Um, uh, that's a good question. Um, if if I'm Gareth Southgate, then then yes, but if I'm me, then no. I think Southgate sees him as one of the first names on the team sheet. Yeah, I personally wouldn't necessarily have him. It's kind as, of how I feel on as, as well, a, really. As a, as a starter um, at the moment, but it's like I don't, it, I, I don't think he'll. I wouldn't start him, 
but I can see but Gareth Southgate then will start him. On the flip side, it's like, do you do you start him in the hope that you know he produces moments of magic and whatever? Because you know we have seen him do it for England in in the past. But I've always said this. I've said it for a couple of years now that Raheem Sterling never plays as well for England as he does for Man City because with Man City he doesn't have to be the main guy, the main man. But with with England, he always seems like he feels like he has to be the main the main guy and tries to do too much with the ball and yeah. and all that. I mean, and you watch his play and, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when he plays for England and then you compare it to when he plays for Man City because he's got such a class supporting sort of act around him that he's always he's always just a little bit... He plays with a bit more freedom yeah. in Man City. He I, know what play, you mean. I know what you mean, but yeah. I think the players that he's got in the England squad at the moment... Which is... Yeah, exactly. But I, but if in his not, head, if he's not going to be a team player. Yeah, then he's not going to start for England. But I, I think in his head, yeah. he doesn't realise. I think he needs to get to grips with just how good some of those other players are in that team. Obviously, he knows how good Phil Foden is. Know how good Jaden Sancho is. We know how good Mason Mount is. You know, I mean, Mason Mount, for in my eyes, is is he is one of the the people that you are building that England squad around for the future. I mean, he is class. He is so good, and then Phil Foden as well. You know, and obviously, you've, you know, you've got Harry Kane. Everyone knows that Harry Kane is probably the second best striker in the world behind Robert Lewandowski at the moment. Um, but Raheem Sterling that's doesn't seem to. That's a debate for another day. Yeah, who's, exactly. who's the best out of them two? It's like, but Sterling always seems to. He wants to do too much when yeah. he plays for England. You know, he wants to be the guy, and whether or not that's because you know he grew up around Wembley and in his head, you know, he wants to fulfill his dreams and you know be the man who leads England to glory and say oh I did it all by myself and whatever I don't know I don't know what goes on in that guy's head but the problem is in our lifetime we've seen so many players have that pressure of playing for England well, exactly yeah. with it. you look at yeah. someone like Wayne Rooney the media hounded him for years and well and Raheem Sterling is, is a, kind of similar isn't it Raheem Sterling is a man who has pulled out of several England squads in the past for of nothing games and friendlies, citing injury, but we all know it's because of the the pressure that the the media put on him. Because the media are absolutely just relentless with with their hatred towards Raheem Sterling for for one particular reason, which you know, we're not going to say on the air. But everyone knows what the reason is. But you know, we're not going to say that. Um, so yeah, he's always always seems to be a little a little bit more sort of under the microscope. Does Raheem Sterling compared to um, a lot of other? Other players in that squad. One out, one one player I think who who may have an outside sniff of making it in is probably um, Ben Godfrey at Evan. I think you know, okay. if you're going into it, you're looking at your defenders. I would say England's weak point really at the moment is probably centre outs. John Stones is just slightly gone off the boil again. Harry Maguire is walking wounded, potentially missing the next couple of games and could be out for the season. And then you look at the backup centre halves, Connor Cody and a Wolf side who aren't particularly good this year. Finished mid table and you know haven't set the world alight. Um and Tyrone Mings who, you know, I don't really rate anyway. But for whatever reason seems to be um chosen in the squads. For me, I think, you know, someone like Ben Godfrey, who can play anywhere across the back for for Everton, he's done a good job after making the move to them. You know, I'd be looking at him as potentially being a player to to get in now because if the way his career's going he could be a bright one for England going forward and he's so young that you know it, 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 you know we need to 
to get him in at some point. I, I think yeah. he's got a good chance. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay, I, mean, I can't say I've seen too much of Everton play this season. I don't really watch a lot of Premier League football, as, as you know. So I can't really comment on that. But so the squad that you're going to pick for <laughs> for the uh, Euros when we put that on the website is going to be a great one. <laughs> no, it's all, no, it's going to be all uh, all Gloucestershire-based players. <laughs> Can't wait for Rudy McKinnon to go to the Euros, mate. That's Rudy McKinnon will be top goal scorer at the Euros, mate, and you know it. James Sunley, player of the tournament. Your obsession with James Sunley, mate, is unhealthy. Oh, like guy's class, mate. It's like Kieran Order all over that again. James Sunley fan club will be starting very shortly. <laughs> right, so as we can bring it back to the local local game then, um, as we said a little bit earlier on, um, it is quarter-final day in the Hellenic League Cups. So that's Challenge Cup, Chairman's Cup and also the Supplementary Cup. The games involving local sides are uh, Southern United versus Hartbury University. Uh, Borton Rovers, who I apologise to, I missed out earlier when I said about who was in the Challenge Cup still. They host Wooten Bassett today. That's going to be a difficult one for Borton. Um, but if they win that into the semi-final, and who knows what can happen. Uh, Malvern Town versus Bishop's Cleave, as we said. Uh, Malmesbury versus Long Levens in the Supplementary Cup. Stonehouse versus Tuffley in the Supplementary Cup. And that is that. So we could end up with a semi-finalist in the Chairman's Cup. As many as two semi-finalists in both the Challenge and Supplementary Cup. So it's an exciting occasion for for everyone to, to get get excited for really. But one of the teams that are in action uh today is uh Hartbury University. During the week I caught up with uh Dr. Martin Longworth um in regards to how Hartbury have settled into life in the Hellenic League this year, um what they've learned as a, a coaching staff and, and as a club and then what they're looking to do in the future. So this is my chat with Dr. Martin Longworth. This is Seven Sport. And we're back on Base for Breakfast, live on Seven Sport. It's Saturday morning. And I'm delighted to say that we're joined on the phone by Hartbury University's Dr. Martin Longworth. Martin, how are you? I'm very good, Ryan. How are you? I'm all good, thank you. So, um, first and foremost, you know, Chairman's Cup tied today, uh, quarter final stage. You know, the group stage went pretty much perfectly. You know, what have you made of the competition so far? Yeah, well, first and foremost, it's just it's just great to get competitive football. Um, I think we were all worried at one point that we, it might be another season which is scrapped. So, um, no fair play to the Hellenic League and all the clubs for kind of putting teams that and abiding by all the all the rules and all that. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been great for our lads to to be back and competing. What have you made of the standard of the the opposition in the club competition? Yeah, it's been great. We've um, yeah, we found ourselves in quite a tough group. A um, couple of the couple of the teams. We're in and around where we were in the league, um, if, and then we've we've I think we've played three teams who were higher than us in the league, um, and then we've got ourselves another team today who I think they're actually unbeaten in their Hellenic two North. So, um, so yeah, again the the ties don't get any don't get any easier as you get into the knockout. So yeah, we're just relishing the opportunity to uh, yeah hopefully go as far as we can. Now you mentioned there obviously about how tough the opposition has been. Um, and will be today, for example. When you look at you know Hartbury's record in the competition so far, um, pretty much ran away with the, the the group and are looking pretty strong. Does that impress you from the way your side's gone about their business? That they are playing sides who, as you said, there uh, in the league above, for example, and and seem to be you know matching the test pretty easily. 
Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of kind of internal goals within ourselves in terms of kind of developing the footballers, but ultimately we want to we want to be achieving things on the pitch and off the pitch. So, yeah, I've just been really pleased with the boys, how much they've kind of bought in, particularly when, when they've had a little break. We've been we've been training hard. Um, it doesn't matter if they're kind of 16. We've had 16 and 17-year-olds and 18 predominantly, so they're either in the college or the university circles we've been training kind of two three four times a week and yeah they're really buying into us um, we've clicked as a group we've got we've got a great bunch with us that's one thing we we really pride ourselves on so um yeah it just seems like it's all, all going in the right direction for us but yeah we can't can't really rest on those laurels um i think we found ourselves um played really well in uh, last week's game against the good sides and yeah it could have been five six seven but it wasn't it was one nil and we were uh, we were a kick off a shin. We were a, um, a mistimed kick. We were the ball skimming off the surface away from them being back in the game at 1-1. So, yeah, still, even though kind of the results have gone our way, there's still lots lots to come from us and still lots of improvement. But do, do, you like, do you need games like that, though, where, you know, you're not sweeping sides away, scoring the, the, the bags of goals and you have to potentially grind it out a little bit? Is that all about adding, you know, match day experience to, to those players? Yeah, absolutely. We um, probably our, our biggest our biggest learning curve this year was the New England game away, where um, it was. I think we didn't have rain for about ten days that week. Um, it was really dry. Um, the pitch was a little bit bobbly, and it wasn't the slick surface that we'd played on the three weeks previously. So, yeah, we train on a really nice pitch, and we train on a three G. So, it was a little bit more what you would be exposed to in the higher echelons of, of semi pro football, where it's. Again, we we played ourselves into bad areas, maybe overplaying at times. And yeah, fair play to Newark Reserves. It was it was four two at half time, and they were very much in the game. But we we needed to learn. We still had 16, 17 year olds probably still thinking they're in academy football and playing in areas. But ultimately, we need to be a little bit more, have a little bit more nous, have a little bit more um, football awareness about ourselves, and and yeah, play in the right areas. And, and we definitely did that second half, and yeah, we we come up with the win. So that was probably our most pleasing performance of the split actually and um, and the most developmental game as well because obviously you know with today's game if you win today you're, you're then in a semi-final and you know then you're one win from you know being in a final in the first season how important is it to to take it one game at a time as much of a cliche as it is yeah absolutely obviously we'd be very pleased if, if we got ourselves to the final and Hopefully, hopefully we did go on and win the competition. But I don't think the the game will make or break our season. I think at the start of the year we were we were looking for developing. We we were a team from scratch. We we were two weeks away from the Titherington Rocks game and we had no players signed on. We hadn't had one training session. So we've and we've had no club, no secretary, no chairman. So we've literally grown a, a club from day one. We wanted to be sustainable off the pitch, sustainable on the pitch, and so yeah. The, this um, today's game won't define us, but yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that we do continue and we get seven more days of competitive football. And you mentioned there, obviously, you know, when it was first sort of um, confirmed that, that Hartbury would be putting a team in the Hellenic. You know, you came on on the show. We talked about you know aims and goals and and what you were looking to try and accomplish, short term and long term. You know, looking back on it now, obviously, I appreciate it was a stop start season, but. How close are you from from reaching those goals? Yeah, I think it's testament to um, the staff that we have here. Um, Tyler's tirelessly hardworking staff. A lot of our staff have got dual roles as well. Uh, myself, I'm an academic as well. My assistant, Ian Richardson, also an academic. So kind of we're juggling multiple roles, but also behind the scenes. Um, it's, it's no secret that we've been looking to get promotion into Hellenic One. Um, 
Paul and Chris and Mark, everybody behind the scenes has been putting a lot of graft into the, the stuff that the players won't see, trying to get our ground regulations ready, um, trying to make sure that there's no excuses that when an opportunity arises for us to, to move up the leagues that, that we don't allow the off-field stuff to squander us. So, yeah, there's it's a, it's a, it's a proper team effort and a collaborative approach. And, yeah, we're, we're nearly there in terms of where we want to be. Now, during the, the season, we've had a few um, players who are still at Hartbury, live at Hartbury, that kind of thing, come on the show. Um, so when obviously the lockdown was in place, talking about, you know, how hard it was on campus, you know, how hard was it to, to keep the side together and, and obviously keep morale high even though you weren't playing games? Yeah, it's really tough. Um, I think in terms of what um, has traditionally happened is Hartbury, a very well-known nationwide, worldwide for... Um, being one of the best colleges and one of the best universities teams um, around. And naturally, that means we attract the best players and we attract some very good players who've been released from professional clubs. I think you've had one of our one of our um, college students on your show very recently mm-hmm. and has travelled in from Jersey. So he's he's come to Hartbury. He came to Hartbury to make an educational decision. Um, traditionally, those players then go and play for other semi-professional teams. But the, the goal for us is now, well, we've kind of made recruitment quite easy for some of the local clubs because they, they know we, we know we've got good players. They know that they're well looked after and we develop them and we look after them physically, tactically, technically, we do everything we can for them. So we now in the next few seasons, we're, we're probably not going to be allowing those guys to go away. We're going to be keeping, keeping our best talent and help, helping ourselves go through the leagues. Have there been any players that have surprised you? In what way? Sorry. So obviously, you know, you get the team and you, you talk about the talent and, and, and everything like that but you know some of these players may not have played men's, men's football before or not much of it have any sort of surprised you with how well they've taken to it yeah it's probably really hard for us to particularly myself I think we've we finished the new one game and every single player who either started that game or who came on was 17, 18, 19 uh, um, we've got um, college players so one of our college right backs um, he's played sort of 10 games for us this season he's 16 years old we've got a 16-year-old centre-half, we've got a 16-year-old winger, um, our captain's 19, we've got a spine which is young, so mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah, I probably, I wouldn't be able to single out any particular players, um, we'll want people poaching them for one reason, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, just, just really proud of the boys, of how, how they bought into us, um, naturally there's going to be temptations, um, semi-pro, fo- semi-pro football traditionally being a bit of a poison chalice, mm-hmm. 40s, 50s, 60s, flying everywhere, and yeah, it's about, they need to the boys need to buy into us and kind of see more value than just 50 quid or 40 quid or, or a promise of a dreamland and yeah kind of trust us with their development and buy into us as a, as a program because yeah we might have some players who we might play on a Tuesday night we might be away at Tivington Rocks on a Tuesday night and then we might have a huge Bucks game which is must win for the university on a Wednesday and it's like well we're not going to get them to play two games in two days we'll, we'll manage their loads we'll, we'll look after them we'll make sure they're peak for each game so yeah Really, really important for us to look, to look after our players, and yeah, hopefully we can we can get the buy-in as we continue to move through the leagues. Is that going to be something that you know you're looking to to almost enhance year upon year? Is the ability to be able to get the players to buy in and, and stay within the the Hartbury bubble, as it were? You know, playing under the the, the Hartbury um, brand and in the Hellenic League. Yeah, absolutely. We've we've, we've currently got players who play at Step Two and Step Three. Um, we're not going to ask those players to play for us this season because um, that wouldn't be that would be a detriment to their development. They mm. need to go out there and they need to play at the highest level they can. So it's a little bit of a kind of it's a little bit of a scoping exercise. It's a little bit of a game of chess. We need to make sure that 
to play for us is right for their development. We don't want to be stifling a 17, 18, 19-year-old who could potentially play. We've got players with us right now who started in our university second team. Um, one player in particular, he started in the university second team. I think he went to Slimbridge. He then went to Tid- um, he went to Tiverdale. He's now found himself getting a, a university scholarship for an MSc out in America. He's played for England universities. So they've got to trust the system. They come to us. They're not the finished article. They've probably been released, and, and there's a reason why that. Um, so yeah, they they've got to trust us and develop us on and off the pitch. And the goal would be that in in future years, the players come to us to play for the FC. They don't come to us and play elsewhere. That's the that's the end goal, but that's that's many years to come yet. That's that's the goal we have internally. Because then, obviously, the, the the flip side of it is 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 the news uh, in the last week or so about the the lads who have been called up into the uh, university squad, the likes of Zach Drew, Ryan Beckinsale, who you, you kind of mentioned there. You know, they're players who you know have gone out, played at that. Um, semi-professional level and been able to not not spread their wings is probably the, the not not the correct way to say it but you know they've been able to to go out and and, and almost add to their repertoire of, of game time and sort of what they're experiencing by playing at other clubs so say so the yeah, compromise there almost yeah yeah so we, we we've got a couple of players this year who um for one reason or another have, have tried to play in step step three and step mm-hmm. four and Again, it's football's, football's opinions. It's one manager's interpretation of if you're good or not. Um, and unfortunately, what particular managers don't think those players are, are worth playing. So they've, they said, well, we're going we're gonna to come to the FC. Obviously, it was a developmental team. We're going to build them. And, and they've relished with us. Um, if, it's, if it means those players go back out and play at step two, step three, then fantastic. We're not going to stifle their development. But if also it means you leave Hartbury at 21 years old and you've played 100 150 games in boosts in the Bucks football in, in FE football and you've played in Hellenic 1 and Hellenic Prem hopefully then surely at, at, even at 20 21 years old you're going to be you're going to be a prime candidate to go and maybe make that step up to step 3 and step 4 as opposed to being a yo-yo player in a reserves and then a first team and playing 15 minutes elsewhere so yeah it's it's about what what's right for the individual and what's right for the club and you know Based on the season that's just gone, you know, mentioned that it was a bit of a stop-start season, the big gap around Christmas time, um, and then obviously the, the league campaign stops and it's been a cup. You know, have you learned enough this year to, to sort of change any targets for next year, or is it a continual project that you're looking just to, to gain experience and, and grow year upon year? Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's definitely it's a year-on-year process. Um, we've come a long way from where we were at Titherington Rocks. Um, we've probably still got um, seven, seven or eight of those players that are still playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a few, a few of our players have played ten, eleven, twelve games, and they're only seventeen, eighteen years old. Um, we've, we've, we've probably fainted off some Hellenic One and some Premier teams on some of our players. Um, we get a lot of when teams play us are we're going to have him okay well that's a conversation um you can't just click your fingers anymore and take take the heartbreak players there's they're buying into us now they're taking the process on board so yeah i think a goal next year for us we need to decide what league we're in first um hopefully the hellenic and the fa will will find out in the next seven to ten days and and then yeah we can start future proofing and we can start planning if that be hellenic one or if that be hellenic two we we then need to make sure we're, we're ready on the pitch off the pitch to, to make the step up whenever that is martin we wish you good luck today in the uh you know quarterfinal game and, and hopefully you know could be a season where some silverware at the end of it but thanks very much for joining us on the show and we look forward to catching with you next season no problem at all appreciate it everyone take care for the best sports coverage in the West, visit 7sport.co.uk. 
And you're back on Seven Sport for Baits for Breakfast. That was Justin Timberlake with Can't Stop the Feeling. Before that was the interview with uh, Dr. Martin Longworth. Good luck to Hartbury University in their quarterfinal today at Southern. And uh, good luck to everybody who has quarterfinals and semifinals in their respective cup competitions today. Exciting times, girls. Exciting times. Yep. What are you expecting for today's game? Stonehouse versus Tuffy Rovers? Um, whew, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Stonehouse, last time that we saw them at, at home, they, uh, they well, first half, we'll, we'll gloss over. But um, second half, they really took it to Brimscombe and I think we're probably unlucky to, to not have come away with the win in that game. Um, Tuffley, depends which Tuffley side turn up. Um, you know, they're obviously missing Macaulay Herbert. He'll be joining us on, on commentary. So it'd be a big loss at the back. But, you know, if it's one of those, like if Tuffley, if the right Tuffley side turn up on the day, they can, they could be anyone. But, um, you know, they're so, can be so inconsistent at times that uh, you just never know. You just never know what's going what's gonna to happen. So to be fair, I think if, St- if Stonehouse go out there and, and, and take it to Tuffley from minute one, I think they can cause them a lot of issues. Well, what you would say about Tuffley Rovers is that where the development side were knocked out of the uh, Chairman's Cup last week, you know, it's going to give Rich Cox a lot of players to choose from, pretty mm. much, you know, other than you say McCauley injured. And if there's any others that have picked up any knocks, then other than that, it's going to be full strength squad to choose from, well, plenty of, of options. Any players that might have picked up a knock in that game against Pegasus last night, you know, obviously with Rudy McKinnon scored mm, twice in that game, don't know. Whether um, you know, Jacob Geddes and the likes played there, so um, interesting to see what the what the team selection will be later on. But then the, the interesting thing is, obviously, he's got players at his disposal. Um, you know, who, get Adam Bloomfield starting. Yeah, that game, who, who potentially could you know replace those under 18s players who, who ended up playing last night. So it's, it'd be interesting to see a team sheet. That's for sure. I think we'll have a better idea of how the game's going to go once the the teams are lined up and. And we know who's starting for for Tuffley. You know, Stonehouse, we kind of know what we, we're going to get. Big question is whether Chris Burns is going to start. <laughs> yeah. Is he going to start himself on a big, cake, big mm, game? I uh, don't think so, mate. I don't think Come so. Come on, final 10 and just start knocking it around. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he could do that easily. He's, he's still got it in his locker, mate. I don't know whether he's got the full 90 in there, but definitely the last 10. But I'm excited. Excited to go back down to Old Ends Lane. It was a good trip down um, for the Brimscombe game. Be interesting to see if Brian's there. Brian, so I imagine he'll be there. Mm. Not not the weather for cricket for him today, I think. So, no. some photog- photography action of you, me, and Macaulay Herbert. <laughs> the, the model that is Macaulay Herbert. I'm gonna, commentary. He's been usurped for the commentary, so you and Macaulay Herbert can gaze into each other's eyes for 90 minutes. Well, I thought we were splitting it, mate. Yeah, it's not going to just be me and Macaulay on the. Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll be on the socials, mate. Don't worry. You and, you and Macaulay can have your little love in on the commentary. I'm not going to deny you that. I mean, it's already the most exciting commentary I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I, I'd be Kane Winman is, is going to be absolutely fuming about that, by the way. No, me and Kane Winman, the commentary we had was special. It was special. And this is going to be special in a winner. different way, this one. Last minute winner in the FA Vars, mate. You know, are Tuffley going to live up to that expectation? I don't know. Is Macaulay Herbert going to get as excited as Kane did when, when you know, a goal goes in like that? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's more reserved. Well, you never know, mate. The interesting one's going to be um, whether Spencer Hamilton's going to listen because he's away this weekend. Ooh. So. Don't know, mate. You'd like to think that he, he supports his friends like that. Delighted to say I've just had a text from the guest we're about to get on, Niall Priday, um, to say that he was at the, he saw the under-18s play last night. 
So you'll be able to tell us a bit more about how the game went. Oh, and, good, good. And the performance and, and what to expect. But Brilliant. Yeah, it's been time in a way. I'm recording with Herbert making his Seven Sport live commentary debut. Shocking. Yeah, he'll be listening. Of course he will. If not, you'll be able to listen on Spotify. Like you're able to listen on Spotify to all of our content <laughs> that we've got uploaded on there. As recently as this morning. Last night's game is already up in full on mm-hmm. Spotify. Lovely. So you can How's listen back that? to that. Yeah, Less than listen. 12 hours later. Mm, so yeah, any Cinderford uh, under-18s players or you know uh, fans or parents, you can go back, listen to the full commentary. Obviously, we had the highlights earlier on. And of course, you'll be able to listen to this show back as well at some point in the next 24 hours on your Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts. Um, still trying to figure out a way to get us onto Apple Podcasts, but it's as I said on the uh, the Zone Brits podcast last week that uh, Apple Podcasts is a little bit broken at the moment. So um, if you're if you if you're an Apple fanboy or an Apple Mark and you won't listen to anything else on anything other than Apple, then um, you can't view our podcast on there at the moment. So you're going to have to bite the bullet and download Spotify or Google Podcasts or Anchor FM or something like that and uh, listen to us on there. But should be on Apple Podcasts at some point in the next, I don't know, two or three weeks, I hope. Yeah, so obviously when you're on the Spotify, give us a follow as well. Follow us, Seven Sport, on Spotify. And also like us on Anchor FM, like former Gloss City man Chris Knowles has done this morning. What endorsement that is. Mm. Speaking of um, former former Gloucester City players, um, news from... Thingy last night was it that uh, Luke Hopper has been released from Hungerford Town, as has former Sinford man James Harding. I knew you wanted this section, so this is your, so, this is your bit here. Jody Bevan, Lee Randall, or Jamie Reed, if you're listening, or Sean Morgan, or Sean Morgan, of course, can't forget him. Uh, Luke Hopper, go and get him. I'd l- love to see Luke Hopper playing at Fairford Town. I'm just going to say it right now. He's round r- r- from that area, round the Swindon Way, so it's not not too far from him. Is it too big of a drop down to go to play Hellenic football? Oh, I don't care, mate. Don't care. Just offer him. Oh, actually, I was going to say offer him Burger Star, but you know he's a fitness freak. He's on, he's a personal trainer. So that's also not Burger Star, mate. It's Spokes. Right? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> Just like the weekend, mate. You're blinded by the lights. Um, yeah. Off, offer him a offer him a salad from Spokes Diner or something, and he'll uh, and, and he'll be there, guarantee. But yeah, Rans, if you're listening. You're probably more likely to uh, I don't to be it, the mate. one to be the one to coax him, but uh, when you know, a slide into his DMs. When there's teams like Swindon Supermarine and Highworth about Swindon Supermarine don't need them. They got Harry Williams and Stuart Fleetwood up front. Yeah, but you know what? They got like. Zakovitsa as well. They don't. They you know don't need. They don't like. need another forward. Yeah, but Zakovitsa and Luke Hopper were so good together for Gloss City. It's a partnership that they want to. Yeah, but that was it. that was four years ago, mate. Now five years ago, nearly. Yeah, but they're still capable. Well, it's five years ago actually. Be interesting how they both. Uh, where they both end up, Hopper and Harding, of course. Harding, who... Hopper and Harding sounds like a law firm, <laughs> by the <Yeah>. way. <laughs> well, obviously, we saw James Harding play for Centreford Town. Um, you know, he was at Hartbury at the time, originally from, from that area, so he was always going to end up going back. It hasn't worked out for him at Hungerford. Um, so it'll be interesting where he goes next. But if, from the news from... from Get him at Fairford. <laughs> from the news from Hungerford, though, what you would say is congratulations to Sol Wanju Smith. Making the retained list and, and being yeah. kept on at Hungerford after a, a well a stop start first season it was another void season in the end but you know his progression is uh, is frightening to see yeah absolutely yeah class player is uh, is soul got a lot of time for him a lot of time for him 
obviously all the retained lists that are being released at the moment, you know, League One, League Two clubs as well. Has there been anyone that's been released, uh, Kelsey, you think Gloss C should go for? Uh, I haven't looked, to be honest with you, mate, so I can't answer that question. So no Ryan Barnett from... Well apart, from, well, apart from Ryan Barnett being released by Shrewsbury, but I feel like he's probably going to go to someone either in League Two or in the National League. I think it would take a, a substantial um, offer from Gloucester to uh, to coax him into playing at New Meadow Park next season. But, you know, if he if he did, mate, I mean, he's a player that will put bums on seats. You know, he is a player that uh, he'll put bums on seats and he'll get bums out of their seats as well. You know, he's an exciting player. Um, but I, I think it's probably a bit too much of a step down. I mean, you know, they signed Aquasi Asante last year and he was supposed to be that player. Of course, you know, never really got the chance to to get anyone in the ground then um, due to lockdown restrictions and, and whatnot. But I think that signing was uh, turned a few heads because it was one league dropping down. If you're looking at trying to get Ryan Barnett dropping down three leagues, I, I don't know. I can't. I don't see it. But I mean, it'd be unbelievable if they could if they could sign him. But I, I, I know I don't. I don't think it'll happen. To be fair, but you never know. You never know in football. So obviously, we're getting to the stage of the the season where you know the the players are released and yeah, already some yeah. of the uh, Gloucester City fans have. have Voice their opinions on social media. It's when, poaching season, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, when, when teams like Bristol Rovers have announced their uh, um, released and retained list as well. Um, one player who, who we spoke to previously was Michael Kelly at Bristol Rovers. He's obviously been let go by by Rovers on loan at Yeovil at the moment. Interesting where he ends up. And well, they need a left-back. Gloucester yeah. do need a left-back. So that could be one to keep an eye on, Michael Kelly. I don't know. I think he'd be good enough. But again, it's a case of whether he dropped down from League One down all the way to... Well, if they're offering full-time football, then... Yeah. Maybe, I mean, you saw Tom Harrison drop down from Bristol City to to Gloucester, you know, with the with full-time football being on offer after he originally went to Chippenham and then Gloucester came in from a week later with the uh, promise of full-time football. So, you know, it, it, it's happened before. It could happen again. Yeah, and obviously Gloucester, you know... It, it's been a weird season for them and one that, you know, just epitomises everything about Gloucester, isn't it? You know, you get to finally return home and you have a season where you're top of the league, look like you're on course to mount a promotion push and then the season's unavoided and the fans have only ever been to one game to see it. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't write it. You can't yeah. honestly put together a script of that nature and say this is all happening to the same club over a, a Period of time, really. Yeah, but, I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, we'll be looking to try and get hold of uh, Paul Groves on the show in the next couple of weeks to try and see what his plans are over the summer for Gloucester City. Um, on social media as well, said Gloucester City um, open training for the women's team that's happening next week. So it's all go at Meadow Park without actually going on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. Did have a chat with uh, Bernard Mensah as well, actually, when I was down at Meadow Park a few weeks ago, um, talking about potential future plans for the season and what Paul Groves is, is looking at. And I'll tell you now, mate, can't remember a word that he said. I blame the, uh, blame the alcohol <laughs> for that one. I mean, I'm sure Bernard Mensah won't take that as you try and say that you weren't listening to what you were saying. No, I, oh, I was listening very intently. And uh, just it's just gone out of my mind. So, The disrespect. Don't shake your head at me. Disrespect that you give Bernard Mensah. I don't give Bernard Mensah any disrespect, mate. 
after we back him and say that we'll pay money every time he scores a goal. He's our guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was uh, absolutely delighted when, uh, when when my cousin said to Bernard, he was like, do you know Do you know who that is? Do you know, you know, actually, the point of me is like, do you know who that, that is? I was like, it's like, yeah, it was like part of Seven Sport. We've been on the, I've been on the show loads of times. I was like, safe Bernard, lovely. Do you know who that is? He's like, yeah, the big guy, sidekick, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he knows it, he knows it, he knows who he is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it would have gone, mate. That's how that chat would have gone. I know you were drunk and can't remember mm, it, but that's I how it No, I mean, I mean, I remember that chat, because it was memorable, but uh, anything else. You dream about it, and It's not... gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just you ignoring Bernard Mensah. I didn't ignore Bernard Mensah. I mean, it sounds like... I didn't ignore him. him. I mean, people will, will tweet in their opinions, of course, but it does I was sound ha- like We were having a very nice chat and, uh, about, you know, football, and I was talking about his life at Bristol Rovers and, you know, life living See, down the docks as well. You said you don't remember the chat. No, but I remember the subjects that we were talking about, but I don't remember, the, you know, the ins and outs. Differences between you and me, that is. So you have a ridiculous, horrible memory... Where I can remember pretty much every detail of everything. Yeah, because uh, you're a nerd, mate. I'm a little freak, mate. You're a nerd. I mean, a nerd is a harsh, harsh thing to just throw out to me there. Yeah, well, nerd. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's a time of the show where we get the final guest on. Well, What are we going to talk to Niall Pryday about? We're going to talk to him about life, mate. About talk life. About everything. About we're life. not going to talk to him about what happened at Old Trafford in the week. That's not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> and now I've said that, he's going to bring it up. But I expected that. Let's get him on live. Let's put pressure on him. Let's put pressure on the big man up front. <laughs> get defenders you know, leaning into him. <laughs> Is he going to answer live? That's the question. Well, I hope so. Seeing as you are the last guest of the morning. Hello? Good morning, Niall Friday, live on 7 Sport. How are you, mate? Yeah, right? yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you lot? Yeah, we're all good, good mate. mate. We're all good. First and foremost, you said that you were uh, we saw the under 18s last night. What was the game like? Um, no, it was a good game to be fair. Like, obviously, toughly dominated with like the players they had, but it's just like the rest of the season really, where they just have like all of the ball and failed to score. But last night they did outscore the opposition for once. So Mike and Craig would be happy with that. But yeah, it was a good game. How was Mike? Was he a little bit nervous? Well, to be fair, Mike, the last 15 minutes, Mike was sat down and you don't really see Mike sit down. He's normally up shouting. So, yeah, was nervous last night, yeah. Is that why you went? Is that why you were there to just comfort him, were you? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think so. He's going to absolutely hate that. Um, but anyway, mate, you know, how are you doing? How How is, uh, you know, lockdown life treating you at the moment? Um. Yeah, lockdown was all right. It's like, obviously a bit hard, but... Um, yeah, back at work now, so just playing football again, so makes it easier. Because obviously, you know, you had the, the, the break from football for for a little bit. Um, obviously, everyone knows how hard that you know, life has been for, for everybody over the last 12 months. Do you feel that the, the break has, has benefited you? Um, yeah and no. Like, I don't know if you knew, but like, I, I left Tuffley for a bit. So, like, I just quit football mm-hmm. for a bit because I wasn't really enjoying football. But um, and then uh, the pandemic come around, and that that was like four or five months off football. So it, like made me realise like how much football like impacts like day to day life. Mm-hmm. So like yes and no. Like I did miss it, but then like it made it put into perspective. 
And you know, do you feel you're 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 enjoying football more now than you were oh, yeah. before? Yeah, hundred percent. Like before, I wasn't even like watching football or nothing. Like I just like completely gone off it. Mm-hmm. But now, like yeah, like try to get to every like under 18s game if I can. If Mike lets me in, that is. And uh, yeah, just try to watch every game. Yeah. Has it sort of changed your ambitions for what you want to do in football going forward, or is it still sort of? You know, trying to do as best as you can on the pitch. Uh, yeah, just trying to do the best I can. It's just trying to enjoy it as well, because like, there's no point playing if you don't enjoy it. Like, that's the main reason to play and enjoy yourself. And obviously, you say that you know you, you you look to try and go to as many of the under 18s games and and you know assist with with that. As someone who you know came through the Tuffley uh, youth system, did so well for the under 18s, scored as many goals as you did. Um, does it feel strange that you're you're almost an experienced head that can, you know, help the the players that are coming through now? Um, yeah, it's a bit strange. Like, I still think like I'm still a kid in football. Like, mm-hmm. I still think like that. But um, yeah, no, nah, it's good. It's good to watch and like see him develop. And obviously, with Mike and Craig and Maze, the new lad and Lids, like they're in good hands. So, like, it's the best toughly under eighteen team they've had in a while. So, like, yeah, it's good. Do you think you'd have fit into that team? Yeah, me and Rudy. Screams goals. <laughs> <laughs> Just confidence. Say, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm easily fitting into that. But, you know, you, you're saying there you're back, you're back playing football, you're playing for, for Tuffley in the, the the Chairman's Cup. You know, what did you make of the, the, the Cup games and, and, you know, ultimately how disappointed is it to, to not be in the Cup still? Um, yeah, like it's disappointing because we wanted to win silverware. I don't think Tuffley's won silverware in, in a while. And, um, yeah, the Chairman's Cup was good, but obviously we lost it in round of 16, I think. Yeah. 4-1. And, I mean, I don't know if I can say it, but the team we played was bad. Like, they were bad, but we just we just didn't turn up and just lost. But, yeah, devastating. Well, that's what can happen in a Cup game, I suppose. You know, on the, over the course of 90 minutes, anything can happen. And if you are on a an off day or the luck's not with you, then, then you end up ultimately getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your plans today, mate? What, what are you looking to do today? Um, <laughs> I'm going to watch uh, uh, Old Richards Reserves. Who are they playing today? Are you playing? They're playing Cotswold Rangers. I'm watching um, like three or four of my mates play for them, so I'll just go down and have a pint and watch them. What do you reckon for the game? What do you reckon? Who's, who's going to win that? The Nile Pride prediction. I want you to give me a score line. Who's going to win it? Um, Old Richards 3 0. Joe Stokes scores two, Pele Bowen scores one. There we go. That's pressure on them now. You've actually name dropped them as well. <laughs> They're buzzing with that. I'm going to do it as well. I'm going to give you the 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 space and the time to to talk about it. Liverpool, the season that that is as the champions. You know, not gone the the best, but it's starting to look good right at the end. And suddenly, fates in in Liverpool's hands. What are you expecting for the rest of the season here? Um, definitely getting top four, like hundred uh, percent. Like obviously, we Thiago turned up the other day against Pogba, bopped him up, bopped him off the park. Um, so yeah, that top four easy. Uh, only taking uh, eight months for Thiago to turn up into a game is great. <laughs> Delighted for you. Is that a nibble? Ah, uh, never, mate. Never a nibble. <laughs> Not on Saturday morning. You you noticed though that you did uh, you did tweet me uh, a picture. Got ignored. You got absolutely nothing from me. Not happening. I went straight to bed full time. Yeah, no, no way, sir. 
no, no nibbles way. that night. Not happening. But no, we thanks very much for joining us on the show this morning, mate. We look forward to catching up with you soon, and, and you know, hopefully next season we'll see you, uh, you know, yeah. hit the ground running and firing all cylinders again. Can I just say a few words? Yeah, sure, mate. Um, first of all, shout out my sponsor, my dad, uh, Dean Decorating Service, and obviously rest in peace, Jamie Hyatt. Absolutely, Jamie Hyatt, who unfortunately uh, passed away a number of weeks ago. I know the importance he had on on you know your career at the moment now, and uh, yeah, I think uh, he'll be uh, fuming really with uh, Thursday night winning. He would yeah, not have liked that at all because Fred was atrocious. That's all I thought watching it. I thought he would not be loving this. No, no. But thanks very much for joining us on yeah, the show today, mate. Thanks for having me on uh, anyway. Catch you with you soon. Cheers. See you later. Niall Friday there. Join us on the show. You have to give him a little bit. Have to allow him just a little bit of a gloating for Liverpool. You have to. <laughs> These kids today, mate. Was that, was, that, was that a little nibble from you? <laughs> sounded like one. No. It, is, it, it, sounded, it sounded like a little one, mate. It's uh, not one a nibble if you point out a fact, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, well, you know, well, I'll let you have it, I guess. Well, we don't know what any, anyone else will think about it, but it sounded like... Hey, my bit. club's in the European final next week. Fine. <laughs> oh, there Absolutely we go. Fine. Oh, there he is. There That's he is. That's why you'll be, you'll be, uh, you'd have been crafty to have listened last night to when the conversations we were having when I was asking everybody when certain games are happening. If it's Wednesday night, <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> final happening. Also... We, I mean, we're going to end the show on something that's not really sports-related, Kelsey. Go on. But something I think you'll enjoy. It's Eurovision next week. It is Eurovision next week, yeah. You... So that, that's, what that means is everyone needs to add me on Snapchat. Yeah. Because Eurovision's getting reviewed. Yeah, if you like... I'll get the beers in, mate. I'll, I'll, sit, I'll stay at home on my own with the beers and I'll if, review it. If you like watching an hour-long Snapchat story of yeah. someone... Sat in his flat alone, watching Eurovision, a bunch of European critiquing European music artists. Then Ryan's Snapchat is certainly for you. Well, it's the one year. Well, it was the I think it was Czech Republic, and it was just like a ladder. There was two ladders, and one was like this like Sinead O'Connor looking like singer, and the other one was just someone with a horse head. Explain that to me. Like, what 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 does that mean? No idea, mate. It's no art, mate. That's what it is, and it's not for me. Well, you know, Eurovision is full of the the wacky and the wonderful. Um, I mean, incredibly, incredibly, we win money on it, usually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we uh, we uh, usually yeah. do win money on it. Betting on Eurovision is uh, not something that I would recommend everyone doing, but, you know, like, was it like a couple of years ago when Moldo- Moldova came third and I had them at 66 to 1 each way, £2.50 each way. Was it? Uh, a decent amount of money there. I'm pretty sure... Damon, friend of Seven Sport, Damon Hyatt, he had North Macedonia to finish top 10 at like 100 to 1. Oof. And they missed out right at the end. It's ridiculous. It'd be fuming. Just, but it'd be interesting how they do it. Obviously what do you mean? COVID and everything like that, you know, it's going to be less people in there, if anyone at all. I don't really know. It was cancelled last year, so I'm excited to see it. Have you heard our song? No. I haven't heard our song. When we go to Stonehouse today, no. mate. Give me the give me the orcs lead. <laughs> we'll play it to you. Oh, no, I reckon you'll like it. To be fair, uh, I don't know about that. I don't really like many of uh, the UK's Eurovision songs. Right, no, honestly, I can't remember the last one I actually liked. Honestly, that Samson mate, that was the last one you liked. Nah, Andy I mean, Abraham. I, I liked, I liked, Andy Abraham, bl- <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked blue. I liked the blue song. I didn't I like the blue song. Did you not? No, I didn't rate it at all. 
No, well, yeah, the, forward, the debate in Eurovision. Well, yeah, Blue, Andy Abraham, and uh, and Dallas Sampson are the ones for me that were up there. I just, I liked Scooch oh, when I was like t- when, when I was ten years old. I liked it, and now now I'm twenty five. I'm you like, still mm, listen to it. It's a bit weird, that, actually. <laughs> it's a little bit, a little bit weird. But there you go. For That's me, Eurovision uh, for you. It's a it's a very unpopular opinion because most people don't know what I'm talking about. But the best UK entry of my lifetime was James Fox. Hold on to our love tonight. <laughs> he ended that this year, win it. But yeah, that, that's one for next week. We'll look ahead at Eurovision. I might even download some Eurovision songs for you. We'll get, Imagine that. get Gemini on Imagine as well. Imagine that if I play a couple of Eurovision songs. Play a bit, play a bit of Gemini, mate. Nil pois. You would lose your head if I did that. Also, a um, little fact for you. Um, pretty sure the last time that the UK won Eurovision was 1997, wasn't it? Katrina and which was actually the same day as my parents' wedding. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, a, a bit of a, uh, a nugget of Demaria family knowledge for you. Love, shine light in every... Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that is pretty, um, pretty, pretty apt. As, was uh, that their first dance? Just listen to that <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was... Um, uh, I think it was Endless Love, actually. Which version of Endless Love? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We need to find this out. Get on the blow to Ian. Well, 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 we'll wait. If because it's my, not, my, if it's my, not my mum will text me. So we'll, we'll stay on the air for like another 60 seconds. Wait for her to text me and then, and then I don't know. We'll, end well we've got four minutes left. So uh, she'll, be uh, my mum will be on it's, it, mate. It's got to be Lionel Richie and Diana Ross. I think, I, think, I think it was, yeah. I, I, I'm 90% sure it was. This is when she texts me and it turns out that wasn't their first dance on the tour. <laughs> you just made it up. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure I'm 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 pretty sure it was. Like I'm I'm fairly certain. But um if it's if it's not then I, I, I don't think I could tell you what my uh, parents' first dance was at their wedding. I could tell you what my older brother's was at his wedding a couple of years ago. But that's about it. My mum's just texted me. She says it was uh Diana Ross when you tell me that you love me. So it wasn't even my I thought I thought it was endless love. Problem is, there you've got two Diana Ross songs mixed up. Mm. Why? Why? I don't know why I'm thinking of endless love, and I don't know. I don't know. I've got that in my head. Maybe it's I like don't you know. want to go back and correct them. Yeah. Like, no, this is not how it's done. <laughs> like, what are you on about? I was two years old. I know what happened. <laughs> I wasn't even two years old actually. It was just before my my second birthday. My older brother had uh, Elvis Presley. Can't help falling in love with you. Nice. Standard nice. into Toto Africa <laughs> because that's him and his missus' song. <laughs> that DJ mix, classic. Got everyone up, man. Just you know, soothing Elvis Presley tones, and then do 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 do. You know, like when you're in a club and it plays, <laughs> it's like that. It's crazy. <laughs> my mum's mo- <laughs> just followed up that text by saying, um, "To be fair, the DJ chose that as we might have had a drink." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> we are learning a lot about the family. We are learning a lot about the Castamari family, and that drink is a problem. No, not at all. The slander that is, mate. Absolute you can't slander. remember the conversations you're having. Your parents aren't picking songs for their first dance or wedding. I remember why it was Endless Love now, because that was the song that was on their wedding video, wedding DVD. Like, That's in, a wedding yeah. DVD? Yeah, of course there is. Hey, oh. wedding videos are a range of... Fucking... Oh, I didn't swallow that, didn't I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nearly, nearly, nearly. Bloody wore a man in the flat. Jesus. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, wedding videos, they're uh, all the range, mate. Yeah. There's a home movie that, that we had of, of ours where I was a little baby. Mm. Literally, me as a baby, it was uh, in our house in Reading. Very, it, you literally watch it; it's the most nineties thing ever. 
I can't <laughs> tell you how 90s that video is. 90s, 1990s Reading. West Reading just, yeah, screams 90s. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, that's a good note on to uh, to end the show, yeah. mate. <laughs> but join us later on today. We are at Stonehouse for Stonehouse Town versus Tuffley Rovers in the Supplementary Cup quarter final. We're guaranteed a semi finalist from Gloucestershire. Hopefully, we can get a couple more in and around the other cups as well. In the Gloucester Cup, reminder there is the semi finals today with the finals taking place next week. So plenty of games happening all over if you want to go down and uh, visit public areas and do so. And obviously stay safe and all that jazz. And Niall Pride already predicted that Old Richards Reserves are going to win 3-0 today. So big statement made by him. Uh, sums it up perfectly. Mm. End the show by congratulating once again Cinder Town under-18s on winning the league last night in a fantastic game against Dursley. Great advert for local football, and we hope to get another one today at Stonehouse. So join us later on today. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit sevensport.co.uk.